Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamala Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the seventh episode of Codependent Me Podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at different definitions of codependency. I'd like to take a moment to look at the signs of codependency, or shall I say, ask yourself. I'll give you guys questions to ask yourself so you'll know if you're codependent. Because I understand, depending on who you're talking to, they may have a totally different understanding of what codependency is. One definition is codependency is a type of dysfunctional relationship where one person supports or enables another person's drug addiction, alcoholism, gambling addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievements. Another definition is tendency to behave in overly passive or excessively caretaking ways that negatively impact one's relationship and quality of life. It is also often that it involves putting one's needs at a lower priority than others while being excessively preoccupied with the needs of others. In other words, the codependent, they put their needs down. But they'll always, if say they see someone else in need, they're going to go and rescue them rather than taking care of themselves, which is kind of an idolatry type thing, which we know is not okay. Uh, you make this addiction so powerful that you'd rather take care of another than taking care of yourself. Melanie Beatty defines codependency as a person who has let another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. So I'm sure we can all agree that we understand that codependency is a relationship addiction where you want to fix or control the behavior of other people. I feel as though codependency is the results of past neglect. Um, it could be a situation where you grew up with um, you, you grew up with parents that were addicted and you had to take care of the household. So you had to pick up where someone else left off. It wasn't really your responsibility, but it's something that you learned to do and you took that behavior into your future. So now I'd like to talk about some of the signs of codependency, some of the characteristics that you can look for whether it be within yourself or within other people. And keep in mind, a lot of people look at codependency as negative or pitiful when truly it's just a learned behavior that you have to get better in. You have to learn that people have to go through their own struggles. We have to learn that people have to, that people, people have to make their own decisions and you can't manipulate your way into someone doing what you want them to do. So some of the characteristics that we need to look for, you may try to rescue people in hopes of receiving love, approval, or acceptance. You might manipulate or guilt others 
to see things your way. You are extremely loyal and you remain in situations for too long. Toxic situations for too long. Hello. Uh, You make excuses when others have bad behavior. You're taking responsibility for someone else's actions. Worrying or carrying the burden of others' problems. Covering up to protect others from reaping the consequences of their own choices. Lord, that is me. Doing more than what is required at your job or at home to earn approval. Y'all, if you hear my landscapers, I'm sorry, but they got to do their job. (laughs) Um, Let's see what else is on this list. Uh, Feeling obligated to do what others expect without consulting your own needs. Being suspicious of receiving love, not feeling worthy of being loved. In a relationship, things are based on their needs and not out of mutual respect. Now let's get down to the nitty gritty. You provide money to support people's habits. You deny their problems and make excuses for it. You feel responsible for their feelings and their actions. You avoid conflict at all costs, even if it means denying that there is actually a problem. That, oh my gosh, that shows like big time codependency. I know for me, I used to always say I swept my problems under a rug. And then, you know, next thing you know, this, this, this rug of, foolishness is taller than you and you've got all of these things that you have not addressed you haven't taken care of and you've just swallowed it it's horrible you have issues setting boundaries nevertheless standing on them so now I want you to ask yourself some questions do you avoid confrontation do you neglect your needs to attend to others needs first do you accept verbal or physical abuse by others? Do you take responsibility for the actions of others? Do you feel shame when others make mistakes? Do you do more than your share at home, at work, or in an organization? Do you need others to validate you when you've done good? Do you suffer from low self-esteem? Do you have a hard time asking for help? Do you have a hard time accepting compliments? Do you think everyone's feelings are more important than your own? I'm sure through this podcast, you've noticed certain words that I'm saying over and over and over. You hear things like taking responsibility for others. You do more than your share for certain er in certain areas. Uh, Do you worry about others' feelings rather than your own? All the things that you hear me saying over and over when it comes to the characteristics, the signs, the questions. So I'm I'm hoping that if you've noticed those particular things that you've heard, like she keeps repeating this, she keeps repeating this. Those are the tips of what codependency is. Again, it could be because you you have a spouse that's an alcoholic. You had parents that had addictions. You had people that were irresponsible in your life and you had to take over those responsibilities. Again, it has to do do with those toxic 
or negligent areas of your life where you had to step up and you've made that your life. When I want you to look at it and say, okay, it's time for me to have boundaries. It's time for me to allow people to take responsibility for themselves. It's time to allow people to grow on their own. It's time for me to make me number one. If those are the types of things that you're needing to do, again, check out the podcast to come up with different boundaries, with different uh, detachment processes. Uh, Look on codependentme.org for different information. Come to the Facebook page. Grab your books. Go on YouTube to find out different strategies. But regardless, if because you, you don't have to be codependent 100% of your time of, or, or of, in your life. You can be codependent to certain people. I have a very bad issue when it comes to my children because I don't, nobody wants to see their children struggle. But it's just like that butterfly. They got to start getting, you know, strengthening up those wings in order to be able to fly. So I have to say, okay, is this you being codependent? Is this you being a mother? Is this something that they need to struggle in, in order to grow? Like I am constantly asking myself questions when it comes to different decisions that I make for certain people. So I'm really hoping that this helped um, because I know that it, it is a struggle understanding truly what codependency is because it depends on who you're talking to and what their life is like and what they've gone through may be different in what you're hearing. So um, I'm going to end this portion of the Codependent Me podcast, episode seven right now, but we're going to have a bit of a bonus. My daddy is in town. So we're going to have a conversation with him about recovery. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope you all have a fantastic day. And here comes me and my daddy. All right, guys, we are back with my daddy. Hey, dad. Hi, sweetie. How are you today? I'm doing just fine being here with you. Fantastic. I'm so glad that you stopped by the Codependent Me broadcast. We appreciate you. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about recovery. Okay. And my dad is Fred Wise. You are from Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. Born. And uh, over there with Michael Jackson and his crew. Taught him everything you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about dad's recovery. So how long have you been in recovery? Okay, it's funny you should say that. You know, I... Whenever I go to a party or go out to a social event mm-hmm. and there's alcohol around and people come up to me and ask me, do you want something to drink? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 no. Is she sure? I said, well, I'll take a soda or water. And then they'll say, well, uh, what's the matter? You don't drink? I said, <laughs> and I'll tell them. I says, no, I'm a, I don't drink because I'm an alcoholic. Said, oh, man, you know, I, didn't, I don't ever see you drink. Well, that's it because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> that I don't drink. <laughs> and so... So they get the full impact of how long it's been since I've been on recovery. Mm -hmm. I don't tell them the years. I tell them a situation. I said, the last time I had a drink 
Michael Jordan was a rookie. Oh, so then, that'll tell the story right there. So everybody will look back and say, <laughs> you can see him starting doing the math. Oh, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, okay, so that's, all right. Then, you know, so people in my generation mm-hmm. can uh, uh, understand how long it's been Absolutely. since I've had a drink. And the people who say, Michael who? Then I know, well, <laughs> you know. It, <laughs> you mean Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Not that the actor. Absolutely. The basketball player. <laughs> so, but when they finally do the math and they finally get it down to it's about 35, 36 years yes. of recovery. And, and, that's I, and, so and that's how I always present it to people who ask me, how long has this been? Yes, yeah. that is fantastic. So, very, very long time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you want to tell a little bit about your journey? Well, the journey kind of uh, got less active as I progressed over the years mm-hmm. in the process of trying to stop drinking. Yeah. In the early years, it was a continuous circle, you know, and just going around the circle. You go right. into a situation where you, you start drinking and then you, dr- then you know you're drinking too much and then something happens where you should stop and then you make a promise to yourself that you're going to stop and then you start back up again and it goes over yeah. and over again and see the thing is even you know now there's a lot of talk about recovery and all of that but back then mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't really big like people drank and didn't really see anything wrong with it mm-hmm. so that's amazing that you were able to recognize it and say no more oh yeah you know the thing was is that uh, uh, I would always come up with an excuse to have a drink. Yeah. Uh, it's like I said, well, maybe I'm a little, right now, I'm maybe a little nervous talking to you. Mm-hmm. I need a drink. <laughs> right. You know, or um, uh, I would sit back and say, well, I'm not, I'm just going to go up to the bar and hang out with my buddies. Mm. Uh, I need a drink. Right. I don't need a drink, babe. I just need to go up and see my buddies. So I, I would tell myself, right. but when I get up That's there, good. That's good. why am I here? Yeah. Really. Really, I've why made am I here? all excuses in the world to, to drink. I'm in Nashville. I don't have a drink. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna get on a plane. I yeah. want a drink. I'm My nerves. Let me have. Let me have a drink. Yeah. That's I real. had a good day. I want a drink. I yes. had a bad day. I want Ooh, a drink. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. real good. Yeah. So Any excuse. And so, um, over the years, it finally got to the point where uh, I said, "Okay, I'm, I, I've got to do it." Especially after I had a couple of DUIs, mm. and I think part of the journey was. Spending three nights in in the house of correction, and I'm in there with a bunch of crazy people who are in there mm. talking about, "What are you in here for?" I stabbed somebody or I raped <laughs> somebody. What are you in here for? I got pulled up for drinking. And that's why right. I'm in here, you know. But anyway, I I'm not yeah. supposed to be with these people, right? But I shouldn't have. Anyway, so as time went on, I yeah. finally got to the point. I said, "I've got to stop drinking." Uh, uh, and People would say, you can stop drinking, you can quit. And I would say, yeah, yeah, I can, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. So I kept going until finally, uh, I finally made up my mind that I'm going to quit drinking. And actually it was my mother and your mother, too, mm-hmm. who helped me, too. Because I remember one time your mother told me, one time I had quit drinking. I had, I had gone for like about a good two weeks, but I was still going back up to the bar. Mm-hmm. And your mother would say, Fred. You going to the bar again? I said, I'm just going up there to see my friends. She said, yeah, right, Fred. <laughs> you going up to see your friends. She told me, she said, you 
need to quit going up there. What's the What's the only reason you go to the bar for us to drink? Right. And I, I would get mad at her and upset <laughs> with her and tell her, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But she knew. She knew. Oh, I was, she could identify. She knew it. She could identify. So, but, so as time went on, I uh, uh, finally got to the point where people would ask me, okay, well, if you're going to go to a party or a social event, you're not going to drink? What you, I mean, what are you going to do for fun? I'll socialize. One guy even asked me, well, how are you going to go to a football game or a basketball game if you can't have a beer out? I'm going to go watch the game. Wow. One guy actually asked me that. uh, Isn't that something? But then I found as time went on, I really fought the urge, fought the urge, and I started questioning myself, well, what am I going to do if I don't drink? What can I do? And then all of a sudden, I started looking, uh, looking, I said, well, I'm going to go back to school. So I did. I enrolled back into Marquette mm-hmm. and went back to college. See? And then she said, well, what am I going to do now? I got season tickets to the Bucks basketball game. I started going to the basketball. And it just seemed like just things just started opening up, opening up into what things that I can do without alcohol. Yes. That doesn't necessarily need alcohol. Yeah. And you didn't need it, even though it may have been around because mm-hmm. it's at the basketball games. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. You know. But you didn't need it. No, I was going to watch the basketball game, not going there to get drunk and be a woo guy. Exactly. (laughs) That is wonderful. So you change your mindset. Once you change your mindset, then you started traveling. Because I know Mm -hmm. you've traveled everywhere. Every every place. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that, you just change your mindset and then... Things will kind of just flow. Oh yeah. And then you start, like you said, your 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 vision is different. You're not mm-hmm. looking to, ooh, I can go to Jamaica and have fun, get drunk, and kick it. It's I'm going to Jamaica to exactly. enjoy or, the beach, to enjoy to the, the food, or go someplace and I'll be a drunk and do this. Right. I'm go to this place and enjoy whatever this place has to offer. Hello. But like I said, my early years though, there was a lot of constant activity and trying to, to quit drinking. Yeah. And then as it progress and as the days went on it, it 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 wasn't as hard as it was before i mean i found out you know whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah. and and so i got to the point especially after 15 i mean i started counting you know five years oh wow i made it five years uh 10 years you know then after a while i even stopped counting <laughs> and the only thing i can remember how long it was i had a, mm-hmm. i had a drink was when Michael, Michael Jordan, I, Michael was, a Jordan was a rookie, <laughs> and I didn't think anything else about it. And, and you know what? That says so much because at that point you can stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, if if some women can stop counting their age, you can stop counting years of sobriety. <laughs> right. And that's kind of what you feel about it. You know, a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Experienced in that. That's yes. good stuff. So since you have been able to do this for so long. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give people that are in recovery, just to kind of hold on and you know stick with it? Um, you know, I found that the constant efforts for me to try to stop drinking frustrated me to the point where I just got to the point I said I'm not going to quit drinking. I would say I like drinking. I don't want that. That's why I'm drinking. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to stop trying to quit drinking because I know I can't. And I actually got to the point where I thought I couldn't. Wow. But I something caused me to try again. Try again. And and I'm sure most of the people out there feel like uh, something will, t- will will get them to the point where they feel like 
you know, I'm going to fall off the wagon. Mm -hmm. I, I need a drink. I got to have it. I've had such an upsetting day. I've had a death in the family. I've mm -hmm. had this. Uh, I had a fight. I had some something will cause you to go back to drinking. Yeah. And then you finally get to the point where it says, to hell with this. I don't, you know, I, I'm going to drink. Yep. You know, why, you know, I'm, it's me. And then something will come back around again and you'll want to quit again. But the thing is, you have to understand that you have to just keep trying. If you fall off, keep trying. Yes. Hopefully you won't run into a lot of problems mm -hmm. when you fall off the wagon, but yeah. keep trying. Keep yes. trying. It'll work. It'll work. I mean, it took, it took about mm, five or six years of me actually calling myself stopping to actually wow. stop. Yeah. But, uh, That's good. But it, it happened. But you did. So like they say, one day at a time. Mm-hmm. One, one day, day at a time. time. Oh, and, 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 yeah, you do one day at a time. And the one thing that I always remember that this one guy told me at a meeting, and I went to several meetings, mm -hmm. uh, especially after I did my DUIs, you had to go to some right. kind of a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I listened, this guy said, the first drink is too many, and the next 10 is not enough. <laughs> and, and that was so true, because I remember one day going up to my old favorite watering hole, the Stevens Lounge, and just going up there supposedly just to talk to my so-called buddies. Mm -hmm. And they kept saying, Fred, you got to have one. Come on, Fred, you got to have one. So I said, well, I'll just have one. Yeah. Yeah. That one turned into about 12. Wow. And See? I staggered out One of is too many yeah. and 10 is not enough. That's big. Yeah. That's big. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you got a flight to catch, so I'm not going to okay. hold you any longer. But thank you so much for being on here. I'm sure this is going to help a lot and lots of people. Mm -hmm. So I thank you so much. And thank you so much for being part of my life. Oh, you're so thank sweet. You. I love you. I love you too. And this is the end of the seventh episode of Codependent Me. I thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks for my, to my dad for being here. You guys have a great day. And remember, you matter and your story matters. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time, so thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.